0: friend. This is Deeper Life, and I'm your host, Alexis Teichmiller. I'm a writer, content creator, and a woman on a journey to finding more depth in life. If you crave soul-filling conversations and long for a stronger connection to yourself and others, consider this your safe haven. It can be hard to embrace who we are, let alone share that with the rest of the world. The Deeper Life podcast is a safe place to show up and hear conversations about relationships, emotional growth, and explore what it means to be vulnerable if you're ready to dig deeper, I'm here to help you embrace who you are, reflect on your past, and connect with yourself. Welcome to A Deeper Life. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Deeper Life. It's me, Alexis Teichmiller, and I am so excited to have our resident therapist, Marlene Rose Shaw. Back on the podcast. If you are not familiar with our resident therapist, Marlene, uh, she comes on the podcast once a month and talks about different topics. And then we also pool audience questions from my Instagram community, and we talk about and answer those questions at the end of each episode. And so today's episode is all about earning, giving, and restoring respect. And before I dig into what today's episode is about, I wanted to give you a little bit more info on our resident therapist, Marlene. She has been a therapist for over 30 years, and she specializes in confidence, self-esteem, relationships, overcoming anxiety, anger management, trauma, and post-traumatic stress. and she has built out so many different resources. I have the link in the show notes to all the different ways that you can connect with Marlene as well as um, get links to some of the resources that she's created, especially just for the show. So definitely go into the show notes to look at that. But I'm really excited about today's episode because respect is something that we we, we carry around with us and hope that people give us the respect that we deserve, and we also hope that we give other people the respect they deserve, but it's something that we don't always really talk about, and sometimes we talk about respect when we have lost it or when we feel disrespected, but we often don't talk about how do we keep respect flowing within a relationship, within a situation, and how that can help with conflict. And so In today's episode with Marlene, we talk about what respect really is, why it's important how to respect ourselves, how to build more respect for ourselves if we feel like we don't have the level of respect that we want to have. We talk about what causes people to disrespect each other. How do we gain respect instead of earn it? We also talk about the role that respect plays in relationships with friends and family. And then we talk about um, when we have lost respect with others or lost respect with ourselves, how do we get that back? How do we gain and and restore that respect? And then we also discuss how respect is connected to boundaries, assertiveness, advocating for yourself and others, because respect is very much connected to our value systems and how we set boundaries and how we um, advocate for, for ourselves. And then we discuss, I think we talked through about three or four audience questions who who wrote in to me and and shared their questions around respect. And so that's at the end of the show. I love that whole portion. It's very conversational between Marlene and I. And I'm really excited for this episode, especially as we go into the holiday season. We're interacting with our family more, our friends more, um, even if it's through Zoom with COVID, even if it's over the phone. But um, in general, we're interacting with our friends and family more around the holiday season than we might throughout the rest of the year. And so, it's interesting to think through how we can uh, continue to respect each other, even through our differences, even through our different experiences, and and really how we can carry that common thread of respect and care and love and worthiness. Um, in our relationships as we head into the end of 2020, which, wow, it has been a year, and then also through 2021 because we're gearing up for a whole new year and I'm excited about what that um, what that has in store for me and what that has in store for you. So if you are enjoying this podcast episode or just the podcast in general, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review or rate the podcast on your podcast player. Um, that really helps me keep going and just seeing your reviews and seeing seeing the what you're learning and the value that you're getting from the podcast just encourages me so much. It motivates me so much. So I'm so thankful for you and let's dig into this episode with Marlene Rose Shaw. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Deeper Life. I'm so excited to be joined by our resident therapist, Marlene Rose Shaw. And if this is your first time tuning in, Marlene is an incredible. She just has the most unique perspective. She has 30 years of experience um, in therapy as a psychologist, and I respect her in so many ways. I admire her. I think of her like a mentor, and I feel so thankful that she comes on the show once a month, and we talk about so many different topics, and we also get questions from the Deeper Life community. I put out question boxes on Instagram stories and uh, you guys send in your questions. So this is partly us talking about topics that Marlene is an expert in and then also part us answering questions from the Deeper Life community uh to get more specific on how we can help you in the different scenarios and situations in your life. And so this topic is all about gaining respect. And I think this is a really interesting topic. Um, I love thinking about this from all different angles, how to gain respect in your friendships, in a workplace, as a leader, as a woman. There are so many different facets of respect. And I'm so excited to have Marlene joining us uh, to get your perspective on this. Welcome, Marlene.
1: Hi. Hi, Alexis. I'm always so excited to see you and to be back again. Yeah, It's great. Really looking forward to it. Great. Me too. So let's
0: dig into just starting from the beginning of what is respect?
1: Yeah, I think um, respect for me means valuing the worthiness in ourselves and valuing the worthiness in others, you know, that natural worthiness that we have. And it's regardless of our differences. It's not about, you know, we don't respect somebody just because they think the same way we do. It's about absolutely just valuing you are another human being and you have worth and that's what respect comes down to. I think sometimes people get confused. I think often people get confused with respect because they tend to, um, you know, um, what's that expression? Um, Lock the stable door after the horse is bolted. Do you know that expression? <laughs> it means I don't, wait, I don't. Wait, oh, perhaps it's a British expression, I don't know. But it means wait until something's gone wrong and then mm. try to fix it. And And I think people do that sometimes with the concept of respect. They they wait until they've been disrespected and they think, oh, this doesn't feel right. I want to, you know, redress the balance. And so they feel they have to somehow, they've been, been put down, so they have to somehow or other get, you know, rise above that person and put them down. So it's more about fending off disrespect than what respect actually is. And actually, if we're intentional about how we live our lives and we focus on the concept of respect as being part of life, we can do that. It's like assertiveness. You know, respect is one of the the, the parts of, you know, how it's asking. Assertiveness is asking to be respected basically at the end of the day. So it's about that. It's about being intentional and saying, this is something I'd like to focus on in my life. How would I like that to happen in my life? Not waiting Mm -hmm. until something goes wrong.
0: Mm. I love that. I've actually never thought of it from that perspective of, you know, people are always uh, sometimes more focused on like loss, loss aversion. You're more focused on what you're losing than what you're gaining. Yeah. And I think this is a really great point is um, you know thinking of gaining and giving respect before it's lost and I'm curious you know why is respect so important in human beings like what what is the role that it plays in a workplace in a relationship in a marriage or partnership or even in your family
1: yeah I think you know the bottom line is that we are all worthy beings and we we need to be reminded of that and remind ourselves but I think one of the one of the the things I love about the concept of respect is that it stops conflict. Mm. You can't have respect and conflict at the same time. Interesting. if, if, if 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 you're in the middle of a conflict or you can see conflict is coming up, if you step back and think, how can I bring respect into this? It levels the ground because there isn't one person more powerful than the other. There isn't a battle to be won. Respect is a, is a dual thing. It's about, you know, two people or a group thing. It's about how can Mm -hmm. we all, how can we all come up to the same level here? That's what respect is about. That's, That's
0: really powerful. I've, I, again, I, again, just appreciating your perspective and wisdom and expertise in this because I think when I get stuck in cycles of conflict, and and I will say, and I'm sure this might be the case for a lot of people, is usually there's a few people in life that you seem to always have conflict with. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like you know either your personalities clash, or um, there's residual trauma or residual unsaid things to each other, and so conflict kind of comes up consistently, and you know. I can see where I have allowed disrespect to live in the relationship by thinking that my, my values or my opinion or my pain is more important or more worthy than someone else's and vice versa, where someone has disrespected me and, and made their opinion or their viewpoint or their experiences more important than mine. And it, that's a really interesting, it's a really interesting uh, connection, how those things are connected. I never, mm. never really put those two things together. Yeah.
1: I mean, if we can, if we can say to ourselves in a calm manner, how can I bring respect into this situation and, you know, act on that, then we, we immediately stop the conflict from happening. It's very right. easy for me to say that you know and it does work but <laughs> the reason that we the reason that we you know we react the way we do when we feel disrespected is because our feelings are hurt our ego is triggered the 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 mm-hmm. not so helpful part of our ego is triggered and uh you know we feel hurt we feel rejected we feel humiliated And so, you know, we don't tend to say, oh, I wonder how I can bring respect into this. (laughs) What we do is we react and we say, don't you put me down, I'm going to put you down. And so off we go, which is why I talk about um, and suggest that we make respect part of our day-to-day living in a very intentional way. In the same way we think about, say, kindness, for example, you know, kindness is one of the ingredients of love respect is one of the ingredients of love if we can think about having respect in our life in a very natural way it becomes much easier when those emotions overwhelm us when somebody says or says or does something that triggers us it's it's much easier if we're used to a practice of respect it's easier to to bring it into that conflict situation and calm things down. If we're not used to it, if we think of respect as just something that's a reactive thing to disrespect, then it's much harder.
0: Mm. I also wonder how, how respect plays a role in how consistent we are with our values and living in alignment with our values, as well as respecting someone else's values and how they live out their values. And I never, again like i'm going to keep saying this just understanding the role that respect plays in our actions and our behavior and how in our character mm. and how we're actually living out our value system and it's like i i can now see how it's really difficult to really live out your values and respect someone else's values without respect
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 because it it becomes a natural part of how you you are in the world and of course we have to mm-hmm. we have to think about respect for ourselves you know that's what boundaries are about that that's what self care is about that's about you know ha, how how right. we treat ourselves how we think about think about ourselves how we talk to ourselves it's all about respect yeah. respect is like a lovely sort of framework that takes care of us
0: mm-hm I like that. I like thinking about respect being a part of self-love and a part of those, those important boundaries. Let's say, let's say, you know, you're working with a client that really struggles to respect themselves. How, how do you help someone with the steps towards respecting
1: themselves and understanding their worthiness? Mm -hmm. I think that's, um, It's quite interesting because it's very common when I work with clients and we talk about respect, self-love and self-respect as as sort of go hand in hand. And the first thing they'll say, oh, yes, I go to the gym. Um, I take my vitamins and I eat well and that sort of thing. And that's great. And that is self-care. And it's a very big part of self-respect, a very big part of it. Mm -hmm. But... Another big part of it is how we speak to ourselves, you know, the thoughts we have, and quite often those negative ways, those self-criticisms, they're they're you know they're integrated from parents and teachers and caregivers, things we've learned along the way. So it's very much about working with that, identifying that, and doing different exercises to. Help. I have an exercise called the Tweaking Thoughts exercise, which is a sort of CBT exercise that I've sort of changed a bit <laughs> for, you know, that works well with clients. And it's just about learning to think differently and to think about what we do and the messages that we give ourselves by our actions and the messages mm-hmm. that we give others by our actions.
0: Yeah. Can we, can we actually do that right now? Can I give you an example sure, yeah. of, of, a, of a thought or maybe a narrative yeah. that I've told myself that's not very kind? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really want to go back to school. I want to get my master's in psychology really, really bad. And the narrative I tell myself is that I'm not smart enough to go back to school. And to put myself in an environment that is very rigorous and where I'm writing papers and building a thesis and doing research on things that really stretch me and challenge me and push me in a direction I've never been before mm-hmm. and in a topic that I am so passionate about but also don't know enough about, which is why I, I really do want formal training in. But my, but my default narrative is, are you really smart enough for that? Do you really think that like you and your intelligence, do you really think that you can actually go back to school and like how hard that's going
1: to be for you? So that's, that's my narrative around that right now. Yeah. Yeah so i'm um, you know there's different ways we can look at that there's you know there's there's always layers to these things there's never a sort of tick this box and then everything that's you know that <laughs> that that's the answer to that there's always layers we're complex beings us humans but uh, which makes us so wonderful so the first layer is where do you think you started how how did where did that come from that way of thinking hmm. I think
0: it originated from not necessarily being pushed or caring about academia Mm -hmm. at all. Like, um, I was always like an ABC student and in a lot of ways I didn't necessarily have to try in certain areas and then areas that I did have to try in, I coasted. Mm -hmm. I allowed myself to settle a lot and not push myself In an academic direction Mm -hmm. at all. Mm
1: -hmm. So that's who you were once upon a time. Mm -hmm. Is that who Mm -hmm. you want to be now? Okay. No. Okay. No. I wonder if it serves you to think like that in any particular way. If it was to serve you, how would it serve you?
0: It would keep me from going back to school? Yeah. How would that. But that's not really serving me at all. No. Yeah, um, it's not not,
1: serving me. (laughs) But on some deep level, there is something there. And it could be fear of failure. It could be fear of success. It could be, you know, there could be lots of things that you would work through if you were working with a therapist or working with me over a period of time, over, you know, two or three sessions, we'd probably get to that. Mm -hmm. But we do what we do because it served us once upon a time to think that way and even if we're being quite you know if we're being quite critical it could be that somebody else told us that so it's a habit Um, it could be that ah it means if I keep thinking like this I won't have to take that big scary step (laughs) and do it you know or if I did it Mm -hmm. and I was successful oh gosh what would I have to do next that's even more scary and you know would the people around me you know still see me the same way and there's a whole load of things that, that, you know, create that. I mean, you, what, what you're describing sounds like imposter syndrome there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for walking through that with me. And I hope that's helpful for those that are listening is understanding those thought patterns and how, how you know, that narrative is disrespecting my values mm-hmm. which is one of my values is believing in myself, yeah. you know, and, and believing in, believing in my innate intuition and and believing that I I know what is right and mm. wrong for me, and I I can make decisions quickly because I am connected with myself, and so I know myself well enough to know what is for me and what is not. And that narrative is in direct like yeah. disalignment with one yeah. of my values. So that can be um, that's really yeah. helpful. Thank you for and, that.
1: And and the other thing is, you know, we get into these thought patterns that are just habitual thought patterns. And we sometimes we understand what's going on. We know that the think the thought, isn't helpful. We know that we, maybe it helped once, but it's not really helpful now. But we still can't break that habit. And and that's why I have this you know tweaking thought thing that I do with my clients. So, what was it you said? I um, I I don't know whether I can go back to. I I want to go back and I would study, but I what was it?
0: I don't feel smart enough. Am I smart enough? enough.
1: Okay. So what I would be working Mm -hmm. with a client with yourself or or with the client would be something along the lines of doing some exercises to tweak that into, it could be that I'm not smart enough, but I could be, you know, I could have a go at it. Or it could Mm -hmm. be that I won't be the smartest person in the class, but I'll be, you know, I'll be in middle range Mm -hmm. in the class. Or it could be that I've just got a habit of thinking I'm not smart enough, so I'm wasting my time going round and round in circles in my head, you know. So there's these other ways of thinking that break that thing. You're not trying to argue with yourself because you don't believe, you know, the opposite, but you're just breaking that pattern of thinking Mm. and kind of maybe looking at it from different angles, you know.
0: Yeah, and I I think... Being intentional mm. about this thought process is one of the ways that we can build yeah. more respect yeah. for ourselves. By being by being intentional, by being aware and carrying that awareness through our thoughts and through the things that we tell mm. ourselves. Um, I like what you mentioned about you know your client saying, "Well, I go to the gym yeah. and I eat well, and you know I take care of my body, so I respect mm. my physical body." But am I respecting my emotions, mm. my mind, my thoughts? you know, my desires. And so sometimes we can think that we're respecting our, our holistic Mm. self when we might just be respecting a piece of ourselves and not looking at the bigger picture of, of self-respect. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And that's, that's why I say self-care is wonderful, but it's only one, one part of it and how we talk to ourselves and having those, breaking those thought patterns, that's respecting ourselves because, you know, saying, oh, I don't think I'm going to be, you know, clever enough to do this. It's not very respectful, is it, to to say that, because you, Mm -hmm. you know you have value. You know you have great value, Alexis. You know that. So you're not respecting yourself by questioning that.
0: Thank you for that. I really appreciate it, especially from you. I'm curious what causes... I guess this could kind of be a two-part question, you know, what causes us to disrespect ourselves and what causes us to disrespect Mm -hmm. each other? Mm
1: -hmm. I think, you know, um, we disrespect ourselves because we have been disrespected. We haven't learned, you know, we haven't learned to respect ourselves. If if we've grown up in a, a situation where, we haven't been valued or had conversations around that and been you know had discussions about what what our worth is and what valuing ourselves is and what boundaries are good and, and what respect means then how are we supposed to know how to do it? we have to learn that stuff you know sometimes people have great respect for themselves and they go through a crisis and they may go off track for a while but with good friends and support and you know, remembering they'll come back around from that. So that will be more of a temporary thing. I think that people disrespect each other on for different reasons. You know, one of that is because they're they're distracted. They're they're just distracted. Life is busy. Mm. And people can disrespect each other without even meaning to, you know, they don't, you know, they don't think. Oh, I must, I must go and disrespect Alexis today. <laughs> Goal for the day. <laughs> um, but, but they'll just off the cuff, make an off the cuff remark, or they'll turn up late, or they'll, you know, they'll they'll sort of ignore you, or that something will happen. And it, it's really just because they're thinking, oh gosh, you know, I forgot to buy something at the grocery store. Now I've got to go back. Or uh, what time is it? I've got to go and pick up the kids. Or I've got to go to uni and do my, you know, my assignment or whatever it is they're not thinking about you you know human beings are not actually that they're not thinking about each other that much they're thinking they that in it's not that they're being selfish they're just in their head in their own world so that's a kind of natural way that people can disrespect each other and we have to teach people to respect us by modeling for mm-hmm. them how what that looks like by letting them know what respect means for us and by respecting ourselves mm-hmm. so that even if they're really really busy over here on this side you know focused on something they're, they've got some awareness some part of their brain is also aware that we are behaving a certain way towards ourselves and we're you know we're talking about things that are valuing ourselves so they're getting a kind of subconscious unconscious message ah there's alexis over there she respects herself i'll automatically do that don't even have to think about it it just happens naturally so we it's you know how we are gives messages to other people about how you know yeah. about respecting ourselves another aspect of this is so, you know when we're stressed we go into survival mode and when we're in survival mode we're thinking about ourselves more than ever, we're not thinking about other people. And we're actually thinking about, you know, what do I need to do to win? Um, It's very sort of um, this or that. So with the, you know, the pandemic and all the things that have been going on in the world and people have been more stressed, it's no wonder people have been perhaps not respecting each other as much as they would do normally because they haven't got that relaxed state of mind that allows for the bandwidth for them to be thinking about that.
0: The bandwidth. That's a really interesting, that's a really interesting topic because, um, hmm. so a a friend of mine and I were talking about this, honestly, about, you know, we're so in our heads and we're all struggling with our own issues and, I want to connect with people, I want to respect them and their story and I also want them to help me with my stuff, but you know, not everyone has capacity to carry someone mm-hmm. else's um, you know, emotional work or not that that's what you expect them to do, but Like, for example, if I had a really hard day at work and, you know, I got in an argument with my husband and like just things were just feeling really stressful and I want to call a friend and be like, this is my day and I'm just, I want to talk to you. I just feel stressed. And, um, I don't do that. I internalize all of it. I don't call the friend. I don't unload. I don't, you know, reprieve and, and, and do that because, I'm afraid that they don't have capacity for me, and so honestly, out of respect mm. for them, I don't even involve them at all, but then i then I sometimes feel like, well, I really wish I would have let someone in and helped me. I wish I would have gotten advice. I wish I would have you know sought someone else's second mm. opinion, and so that's an interesting balance because you know there there have always been issues, there will always be struggle, and i th- yeah, I think yeah. that we can always we can sometimes like look at someone else's struggle or or look at our own and just say, well, I'm not going to bother anyone with my stuff and I'm just going to keep it to myself. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that, is that respectful to ourselves?
1: Well, I'm actually really curious as you say that, because I'm wondering, is it respect? Mm. It's, it feels like it initially. It does, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Or respect their space you know, I'll respect them, they, 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 you know, they're busy, they're tired, you know, it feels like that. But is it respect or is it something else?
0: It could be fear of being vulnerable and fear of asking for yeah. help um, or fear mm. or fear of, of maybe not actually being received like I want to be received um, and being right. a burden. And so then I, I mm. just, you know, I'm like, well, they've knowing them and knowing what's going on in their lives, I'm like, I'll just, I don't want to add one more thing. So I'm going to keep this to myself, which can yeah. c- sometimes create more disconnection I've found
1: in my friendships. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, because actually the friendship that you have with that person is a very unique and valuable thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? And it needs, that connection needs to be respected. So when we look at that, isn't it respecting the friendship by going to that person and saying, "Hey, I've got a kind of need to offload a bit. I don't know if you've got time now. If you haven't, that's fine. But I just thought, as you know, I'd ask you." Mm. That's a really good point, Marlene.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. a good point. It's it's uh, not. It's it's not honoring the worthiness of the friendship enough to actually connect and say, this is what's going on. And I'm struggling with this or I'm really sad today. And I just need to talk about this thing Um, by carrying it so close to my chest. um, It's honestly kind of disrespecting the friendship and not allowing it to grow because I'm keeping everything to myself. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. But how, you know, it's completely understandable that, that any of us would say, oh, I won't bother that person. It's only when we step back and, and think about it in a slightly deeper deeper life mm-hmm. way that, um, that we see that we need to respect the relationship, the value of that relationship. Mm-hmm. What is the point in having that relationship, particularly friendships, that sort of connection? Because mm-hmm. they're often about mutual support, aren't they? they are. Our close relationships are often about mutual support. And there's nothing wrong with saying to a person, have you got the time now? if you haven't that's fine, maybe we could have a coffee next week and uh, or maybe maybe I could just you know can I have a rant? Can I send you a, a whatsapp or a, yeah, <laughs> here comes the rant, you yeah. know my friends and I do that sometimes with each other, and then we say rant over and send some emojis. you know and that's <laughs> fine, but <laughs> it's just a kind of mutual you know light hearted thing yeah. but There's something about saying, I know you're there for me in whatever capacity you can be. And if it's not today, maybe it'll be a message or maybe it'll be next week when I'm not bothered about it anyway, but not to worry. At least I've just, you know, we've connected and even having that connection is sometimes it's enough, isn't it? So that's powerful. I know we weren't, we
0: weren't even planning on talking about that, but I think that's so relevant (laughs) to this topic and how you can build respect within, within a friendship um, in terms yeah. of family how do or how does respect play a role in family relationships and i think this is something that as children grow into adults they navigate you know this respect mm-hmm. of wanting to respect your parents and wanting to respect your older siblings and and wanting to have that connection and that, and that love um and that empathy for each other but i also think that a lot of conflict can be found in family relationships, and so you, like you said, where there is conflict, there is often a lack of respect there in some way. And so I'm just curious how how mm-hmm. those two things are connected and how how we can learn about how to better respect um, our family units.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that it's interesting to to consider. Why would you uh, say or do something to a family member that you wouldn't say or do, say, to your boss? Mm. What's the difference? Why do people do that?
0: I, I would say maybe you feel more comfortable and secure in your relationship with your family. And so you are able to communicate in a way that might be more brash or honest, um, mm. whereas with your boss, you know, your relationship is not secure and, mm. you know, you could – you don't maybe feel as comfortable um, on an emotional level being as honest. Um, maybe that's, that's the difference or maybe there, there shouldn't be a difference yeah. at all. I don't know
1: yeah well it's only it's only natural isn't it that human beings are going to maybe test they'll be more 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 liable to test situations with those people that they feel they're not going to be uh, you know they're not going to be get the sack mm-hmm. you know they're not going to be wholly rejected hopefully by their brother or sister or mother or somebody because they've had an off day and they've opened their mouth and said something not very nice or, or done something not very nice so they can kind of get away with it a bit you know they can they can be there that themselves in the moment and that that's just how it is you know it's less risky to be disrespectful to somebody that isn't going to abandon you mm-hmm. than it is to somebody who it may abandon you or Um, may say well you can't work here anymore so you've got no income so you've got no roof over your head so you know it's you're less likely to get thrown out of your home with your family um, unless it's a you know a major ongoing issue that you know there's some big big problem so with general disrespect of course it comes up in families because it's a safer place to do it Mm. I think recognizing and acknowledging that is a really good step that that's what's happening And then the next step is to think about respect for, as we said just now, how can we bring respect into this relationship? How can we have a respectful family relationship? Mm -hmm. What, What does respect look like? Because respect's like an energy, you know, you give it to receive it. And quite often what's interesting is if somebody is misbehaving, the natural tendency is to think well i'm you know i don't want to be around them or i'm going to get angry with them or but actually in terms of respect if we can take a big deep breath and offer them respect we'll very likely get it back mm. you know um i've got my 52 power phrases that uh, is a pack that people love um, and one of the phrases in that is um You know, I think our relationship deserves for us to sit down and talk about it. Mm. I I think our relationship deserves. We've got this issue. I think our relationship deserves for us to sit down and talk about this.
0: Whatever
1: it is, because it's about how can we respect our relationship? Not I have to, you know, be respected by you and you haven't respected me. And but to actually say to somebody, hey, 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 you know, let's just slow this down. I respect you, I respect our relationship, let's sit down and and bring respect back into the room, Mm. then you're far more likely to get a better response from that person.
0: I also think what that says is I care about you and I love you and I care about the sustainability and the future of this friendship, this relationship, this marriage, By saying we deserve this relationship deserves to sit down and have you know a more in depth conversation about this that's rooted in love and respect. Um, What if, what if you're consistently being disrespected by someone in your family or like you know someone that's really close to you, whether that be a friend, a partner, a family member? What if you consistently feel disrespected, even after you've verbalized? Hey, I, I, whenever you say this, it makes me feel this way. Is that what you're trying to do? Like, I'm feeling really disrespected. I'm feeling really misheard, misunderstood. You're twisting my words. I'm feeling gaslighted. Like, I don't feel supported whenever I'm using my voice. And it's just this consistent turmoil and conflict of just feeling disrespected or kind of suppressed or put down by an individual in our lives. What do we do?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes back, it comes back down to, you know, boundaries, doesn't it? The Good old boundaries. And actually, you know, another phrase we can use with somebody saying, did you mean to disrespect me when you said that? Because the chances are that they're not thinking about disrespect, they're thinking about the game in their head of I need to win because I feel hurt and rejected and put down and I'm angry and I'm resentful and I need to win. So I'm going to lash out with my my sword Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, put my shield up and lash out with my sword. And, you know, and they're not thinking, oh, is this disrespect? You know, so that's the starting point. You know, let's come back around. Did you mean to disrespect me when you said that? Because I'm not sure what, you know, I see you. I want to see you. I want to see what's going on for you right now mm-hmm. and what, what you're feeling and what this is truly about. Yeah. Um, but then I think if you're consistently being disrespected by somebody and um, nothing is changing, it may not. this may not be what you expect me to say, actually, but we need to ask ourselves, is there something that I'm saying or doing or not saying or doing that is giving this person the message that this is acceptable to me. Mm.
0: Yeah, and like um, being curious about the role that we're playing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's hard hard
0: work. Um, That work, that curiosity of what role am I playing? Am I saying or doing something that's giving this energy that this is okay to treat me this way? That's mm-hmm. harder. I think sometimes that can be harder than cutting someone out because when you just oh, yes. when you just cut someone out of your life for being disrespectful or consistently, you know, speaking to you in a way that you don't like or treating you in a way that you don't like, um, there is something larger at play. Uh, there's something yeah. within us that needs to be discovered and rooted and and really trying to figure out, is this a pattern that I have allowed to happen to me in all of my relationships? Is this mm-hmm. an isolated incident? Is this an isolated person? Is this happening consistently with these multiple of people? And so there's something in me that is allowing people to do this to me, even though it hurts me. So that, that's mm-hmm. really, really hard work. And it's it's work that we, I think, as a society tend to not want to do. So we just cut people out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what we do is we make it about them Mm -hmm. instead of making it about ourselves. Because if somebody is consistently disrespecting you, of course you're going to be focused on them and their behavior. You're going to be thinking they're the bad guy, you know, the baddie. And it's all about them. And if only they would change and they won't change, therefore you're going to cut them out of your life. And that's a solution. Mm -hmm. And that is one solution. It certainly is, and it depends on the situation I mean if it's a highly abusive situation, then that's probably the right path to take of course um if it's if it's general disrespect that keeps happening or perhaps across different relationships, there is that thing about taking responsibility to look at ourselves and think, you know what is there something I'm saying here you know if, if, for example, if you're with friends and you're often Putting yourself down, often saying, "Oh, I'm rubbish. I'm no good. I can't do that. I always fail." And well, again, you're giving them a message that that's what you expect from them, and they may not even realize they're doing it. They'll ju- they're just going along with what you you're, you've taught them.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful. How how do we gain? How do we regain respect if we've
1: lost it for ourselves? Mm -hmm. I think the, you know, a a starting point, if we're feeling really lost at any point with, with respect, or if we've never had respect, or if we've lost it, is to actually sit down and think about what our values are. Because it's about knowing who we are. Once we know who we are, we know what we want.
0: Yes. And once we
1: know what we want, we can let other people know what we want. Yes. But we can't let them know what we want if we don't know what that is. So it's about sitting down and doing the work with a therapist or in some sort of group program or coaching program or something, personal development group or something, where we can actually look at what are my values, what really matters to me. And respect will probably be you know right up the top of the list, kindness, honesty, openness whatever it happens to be, that gives you a sense of confidence immediately because you've got that sort of grounded feeling right this is my I've got some you know I've laid some bricks now to to build this you know this this lovely safe structure that from which I'm living my life. so then you can go on to think well how do I match my behavior towards myself with those values? Do I respect myself? And how do I match my words with those values? What language do I use mm-hmm. in my head to myself and the way I speak to my, about myself in, in front of other people? And once we start matching the way we behave and the way we think and talk with the values that we've decided are important to us, well, it, it, you know it designs itself basically. I think it's never too late to go back to the drawing board. You know, it's if we've lost respect or we feel we've never been respected, whatever time of life, whatever's going on in our life, however long the relationship's been going on, we just keep coming back to these, uh, you know, to being authentic, having that conversation, saying, well, what do I want? And today's a new day. Mm -hmm. What what do I want from today? Who do I want to be? What are my values?
0: Yeah. And. And when it comes to, let's say we've hurt someone else and we've been dishonest, we've cheated, we lied, we we broke the contract between us and another person that we have a relationship with, and we've lost respect, not just for ourselves, but also that person, what does gaining respect look like in action with, with another person, not just with ourselves, um, let's say we know our values and we know what we did was wrong and we feel remorseful. And like, what are those next steps in rebuilding that respect and trust with someone else?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, I'm going to say communication. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's that authenticity, isn't it? And it's that thing about, you know, if we're not being respected, it's about saying to somebody, you know what? you know, if we can be, you know what, I don't think I've been respecting myself and I'm, I'm looking to, to make, build my confidence. So this is what I'm going to be doing from now on. I'm going to be thinking about respect. Even if we don't quite know what that looks like, we can start thinking around it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a great advocate of start by considering what, what would it be like? What, what what does that word mean? How can we bring it into our lives? Yeah, and just working from there because you know it things will build. It will build from there. If we've been res- disrespectful to another person, it's communication. It's it's saying you know what I wasn't my best self. I'm human. It's okay to be human and to make mistakes. What's important is to be able to admit to that and to go and say to the other person you know, I messed up. I wasn't my best self. And I'm going to work on that. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing that you can do because in doing that, you will connect with that person at a deeper level because you've been open and honest with them. If they're not ready to hear that and they want to walk, well, that's, you know, that's their choice to do that. Right. Sometimes people walk and then they come back after a while. Mm -hmm. But... It's about that, it's about you doing your bit in it and saying, I'm human, I'm vulnerable, I made a mistake. This is what I've learned from that experience and this is what I intend to work on in the future. I can't promise I'll always get it right, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be aware of it and work on it.
0: Yeah, I think there's something important too about acknowledging that you've hurt someone. And acknowledging that like my behavior and my disrespect towards you or towards this relationship hurt you. And I take ownership Mm -hmm. for the pain and for the distrust that I've created. And not only do I acknowledge it and and here are the steps I'm going to take to do better, but then also like seeing those steps in action, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. that action plan is, whether you create it together, you create it individually, um, but actually seeing that because I think that's where a lot of forgiveness and a lot of uh, reconciliation can, can really happen. I've seen it happen. I've experienced it. Um, but it's been as a result of everything that you mentioned along with really acknowledging the hurt and the, the, ch- the choice of forgiving daily, you know, daily, daily activation, daily forgiveness, daily respect and love towards each other. Um, this has been such an incredible conversation. I do want to shift towards some audience questions, unless there's sure. anything else that you want to touch base on before we dig into these.
1: No, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a lovely to have this conversation really just also what you said just now about, um, allowing the other person to, to express their feelings and get respecting their space to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: totally. Um okay so the first question is
0: how do I respect where I am in life even though I don't feel like I'm on par with my goals and then the kind of the second part was if I'm if I'm not making progress on my goals or on my growth I I have a hard time respecting myself and I know you you and I mm-hmm. kind of talked about this question prior to jumping on and recording of just wanting to make sure that we were properly understanding this question. So we might kind of take a two-prong approach, but I'd love to hear uh, your input on this.
1: Yeah, I, I'd love to hear your input first, actually, Alexis, because yeah. of that first part of the question and how how you read that. Mm-hmm.
0: How to respect where you are in life, even though you don't feel on par with your goals. So my my input on this would be... If you aren't respecting yourself as you work on your goals, I would question the goals. Like, are the goals. goals leading you in a direction down a path that is most in alignment with your values and most in alignment with what you actually want and who you actually are? Uh, because if they're if your goals are Detaching you from respect for yourself and feeling like, well, I'm not not where I should be. I'm not where so and so thought I would be. I'm not making, you know, I'm not keeping on par. I don't feel on track. I'm having a hard time building habits around these goals. I would question the intention and the motive, and how connected they are to what you really want. And so, I Mm -hmm. I think there's some areas to be curious about. And be curious about those goals, and if it's something that you really want to do. And then, in terms of the, the having a hard time respecting yourself, I think that we have to acknowledge the role that mental health and depression and anxiety can play into the way that we view our productivity. And mm-hmm. you know, like for example, how I experience depression is like I can't do anything today. Today feels really hard. Any kind of action would feel like an accomplishment. And then my, my anxiety looks at it and says, yeah, but you're still not doing enough. Mm. And so I think it's important to acknowledge the way that, um, those, those, um, can play a role in, in that respect level too. If that's something that you struggle with, I'm just sharing my personal experience with mm. it. Um, but I can feel disrespect for myself creep in mm. when my anxiety and my depression talk to each other. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my input on this first question. What about you, Marlene?
1: Yeah. Um, very much the same. I, you know, I sort of see two, two parts to the question and, and there is one about respecting yourself as in being kinder to yourself and, you know, not feeling that you have to um, achieve more than you're ready to at that point in time and actually not beating yourself up because if you disrespect yourself in that way, you won't achieve, you know, you'll just um, sabotage yourself. the, second part of the question really um hit a hit a call to me and you you described it a little bit there, Alexis, as sort of cognitive dissonance, you know, that that's um discrepancy between values and goals and and what a person is doing. So I believe that we have a quiet voice in our heart that is the voice of love. And that voice tells us what we really want and what's right for us. And if we are pursuing some goals that are not aligned with that, we'll have a constant tension going on. It's a good idea to listen to that voice. because. So let me give you an example. If if the goal was I want to make lots and lots and lots and lots of money, um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we'd all like to make lots and lots and lots of money. But if there's, if, if it's doing something that is either unethical or maybe not even unethical, just plain boring for the person and deep in their heart, there's a voice that says, oh God, you'd be so happy if you just went and did something else. Yes. You know, there's going to be um, that, that sense of um, discord Once you Mm. listen to that voice and you act on it, actually all those blocks and things, those yes, buts, they disappear anyway. Mm. So
0: that's really powerful. I'm experiencing that in a lot of different areas of my life right now of um, where some of the goals I've set or the things that I thought I needed or thought I wanted aren't actually aligned with my values at all. And so then it's the unraveling of that, you know, and then actually once you have the awareness and it's taking action on it, (laughs) which is uncomfortable sometimes. And and it's it's saying no, it's it's letting things go, it's it's quitting, it's it's firing a client, it's you know, it's whatever that is in action where Mm -hmm. you're actually taking that awareness and then doing something about it. So I'm so thankful for this question because I resonate with it a lot and I, I know that um, our listeners will as well. Transitioning to question two, we are raised to respect our elders and our parents. At what point in our lives does that respect get returned from our parents as we are now adults and have our own priorities, values, et cetera? And that might, those those values and priorities might differ from our parents. Mm-hmm. And when, when does that respect get returned to us? Yeah. I thought this was such a good question. Yeah. Especially for a lot of, you know, uh, college aged twenties, late twenties kids or now adults, sorry about that, uh, adults that are having to move back in with their parents mm-hmm. because they've lost their jobs. They've been furloughed. A lot of students are now, you know, um, doing at home college at their parents' house, and they're, you know, they're they're now trying to figure out who they are as individual adults. And because of the pandemic and a lot of the situational things that are happening in our world, they're now moving back
1: home. Yeah, and so there's tension. There. Oh gosh, yes. Oh yes, grown up grown up kids in the family home. Yeah, um, it's um, you know, first of all, I'd like to say that I'd like to think that at, you know the question, at what point do I get the respect? Well. Really, they should have always had the respect. But it may have um, looked different because parents have to um, take control of situations in order to keep their kids safe, whereas they're growing Mm -hmm. up. So um, at what point can you expect to be treated equally, perhaps, in in respect in that that way? Um, Mm -hmm. I think that what we have, what's very important to do is when you feel that disrespect coming at you is not to get angry about it because when we get angry, we go into child mode. And if we go into child mode, we're not showing ourselves as adults. So we need to, you know, you need to be careful about that. I think it's important, one handy, handy tip is to model respect as self-respect and being adult to those parents, because parents, they, they don't mean any harm. They've just, you know, they're conditioned into thinking of you as a kid. <laughs> and they you need to show them that you're not that kid anymore. And you need to model that. And you can do that by, you know, how you treat yourself, your boundaries. It's that same thing I was saying earlier, the message that you're giving them. But I think also with parents, it's quite helpful to be able to declare it a little bit. You know, like, uh, hey, mum, I was having this chat with my friend the other day, and she said this, and I felt disrespected, so I set a boundary and I said no to her or something. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. saying, hey, look what I'm doing. You know, I'm behaving in this in this way that I'm setting boundaries and I expect respect because I'm a grown up now, and this is what grown ups do. So notice me, mm-hmm. you know, wave. <laughs> notice how I'm being. Um, yeah. I've, I can
0: also see it um, come in action where the parent pushes their viewpoints, their thoughts, the way that they would have done something, what they wanted you to study in college, where they want you to live, what house that you should buy, when you should start having kids, really pushing a lot of their ideologies and their their desires for you Mm -hmm. as a child onto you and, and something that And I have amazing parents and have always been very supportive of me. Um, And we have navigated this relationship of, um, you know, them encouraging me or them giving me maybe unsolicited advice or maybe telling me what they think I should do without me necessarily asking. And so something that I have consistently done is say, like, I love your input and I know that you are older than me and wiser than me and have so much more experience than me but I'm gonna let you know when I need your advice. I'm gonna come to you Mm -hmm. um, and seek you out when I need your input on this. But until then, and unless you see me making a very, very big mistake, okay? Until then, I would like to make these decisions on my own. you know, how do you feel about that? What's, what, what's coming to your mind when I say that to you? Are you upset? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Did you experience this with your own parents? Um, and, and how did that make you feel as a young adult? Do you think that maybe that's how you're making me feel as a young adult? And so we've been able to navigate these conversations. Um, and, and I had to grow up. Yeah, Yeah. Like your comment, your comment about, you know when they say something and you get angry and you pop off and you act like a kid mm-hmm. that was me yeah. you know and i still struggle with that but i had to slowly model the behavior of i'm not going to get angry about that anymore mm. i'm not going to not going to snap back i'm not going to receive that i'm going to i'm going to listen and i'm going to give you the respect that you deserve and i'm going to model what respect looks like for me and that has been a very hard mm. lesson for me because I am uh, very quick, you know, with I know what I think. I know how I feel about something. And if I feel disrespected or injustice, like I'm going to I'm going to swoop mm. in. And that's not always um, in relationships. That's not always modeling maturity. No. You know, um, it's it, it's really trying to figure out where that belongs. Um, and instead of that always belonging in every you know, heated argument or a discussion or a question that they meant out of pure you know, curiosity, I read into it too much and now I'm mad. Yeah. And it's not that they don't trust me or believe in me. It's that for a long time, I didn't trust and believe in myself. And so when someone asked me something or questioned me or thought that I should do something, I felt very insecure. Mm-hmm. And so then there, again, that, there was that not only disrespect in the conflict of the relationship, but there was conflict and disrespect with myself. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love this question and have went around in circles <laughs> and in my own life in it. Yeah. So definitely, yeah. definitely something that takes time yeah. too. It,
1: it comes back to this, you know, um, this, Uh, There's a saying, you know, people say, if you want me to respect you, you've got to earn respect. And, oh, I don't like that at all. I don't think we should earn respect. I think, you know, we start from a baseline of worthiness. We don't have to Mm -hmm. earn it. You know, we should should be respected as we are. But there's something about gaining respect in terms of gaining attention, gaining the attention that we are now adults. You know, let me gain your respect Mm -hmm. by letting you see who I am now and how I am. And, you know, again, these power phrases, you know, comes back to something as simple as saying, I absolutely hear that that's your opinion and I, I value your opinion. And this is my opinion. We both have an opinion here and that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's hard work. It's Ooh. hard work, isn't it? But all the great <laughs> things that help us grow in life are a little bit of work. And, and you know, that's how we move forward in, and evolve Mm-hmm.
0: It is. So moving on to question three, and I really feel like we covered a lot of bases on the second yeah. question. So I hope that was helpful for anyone that's struggling with that right now. Question number three is, I just got a promotion at work and now I'll be leading slash managing some of my work friends. How do I gain respect without being bossy and making the relationship and existing friendships strange? How do I communicate that I am for them? There has already been some cattiness on my team from one of my friends that I'm now leading as their manager, and it's been really awkward mm-hmm. and tough.
1: Yeah, really hard. This is a really, really hard one. You know, if you work in a um, an environment like a corporate type of environment, a job, you know, there often there'll be a, a hierarchy a structure where there's the, you know, an employee and then the, the person that they report to and the manager and, and so forth and so forth. So just by the very nature of that, we have, you know, this this issue of respect and, um, you know, people looking up and down on each other. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that makes it hard to start with. Then if you have been at in a certain role at a certain level with colleagues, and then you are promoted to this hierarchical next step up. That makes it really hard, which is why some companies, if they um, want to promote people, they do it sideways into different departments for that very reason. But, you know, one minute you're their friend, and the next minute, you're having to tell them what to do. And there's all sorts of different things that may be going on. Maybe they wanted the job. Maybe they, you know, maybe they're resentful about that. Um, they could, then maybe they think that you're being a certain way because you're looking down on them now when actually you're just trying to do your job. There's all sorts of things that, you know, that, that come up in that. And it, it really is hard. One way to well, first of all, is it's, You know, is about acknowledging that and maybe even having a conversation with those friends and saying, you know, not perhaps not in the workplace, but if you go out for a drink or a coffee or a meal or something afterwards, just saying, you know, this is new. This is new for us. And, you know, we may need to navigate some things around that. And I acknowledge that it might be difficult and strange for you seeing me in this role. And it's difficult and strange for me being in this role too. And it's also about coming back to the role itself. So it's about the language that you use. So, you know, a power phrase might be something at work that you might say, can we set a clear guideline on this? Can can we find an appropriate way to deal with this? It's about focusing on the job description itself you know, this is the job that I, I'd like you to complete. This is the task. This is the goal. This is the time limit on it. You know, this is what I, I needs to be achieved for this, you know, particular place that we're working in. And so the language becomes about that. It doesn't become about uh, you and me and us. And I feel this way. And why haven't you? It just just use the language of the job because that's what you're there for at the time. I know that might sound a little bit cold, but it's a bit like you know we've talked before about contracts. you know this is the contract, this is what we're here for. Let's just refer to the contract mm-hmm. and then if you are have got the, a good relationship to them of the point you can go out and celebrate at the weekend and do what you want and have you know have that more emotional and friendship social tight connection with them but in work refer to work tasks and acknowledge and I think that is it is hard yeah yeah and
0: even acknowledging that you're going yeah. to make mistakes as a new leader and a new manager. And there there has to be mutual grace and respect mm-hmm. and understanding for the fact that you're not going to get it right. Um, and I've watched some of my dear friends move from peers into managers mm-hmm. and then into, you know, upper leadership directors and um, even watching them make mistakes and how they how they came back from that mistake and said, you know what? I tried to exert my power where I shouldn't have and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm learning. I'm struggling with this and I'm excited and I'm, I'm yeah. very equipped for this role, but I am also going to make mistakes because I am a human being and my humanity is still in this. I am not a commodity. I am not a product. Mm-hmm. I am a human and I'm going to make mistakes in this. Um, I think that's really powerful. I also think that there's something interesting that I just want to note in the way that this person phrased. This question, and I know that this person is a female, using the word bossy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I th- I think there's something there to explore and to be curious about as a woman in a leadership role. Why do you think that being direct and being a leader and leading your team equates to being bossy? Yeah. And so, and that's something. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is something that I have deeply struggled with and been told that I was bossy, been told that I was acting like a boss lady and, and really um, and not in a good tone and not in a good um, uplifting. I love how direct you are in that directness. Maybe we could work on your tone. And really, that's what they were talking yeah. about. They were talking yeah. about my tone, but through my tone yes, was yeah. my insecurity of Am I, am I qualified? Let me exert a, a very direct mm-hmm. tone. Even though the action was good and, and the direction was good, it was yeah. the way that I was speaking about it from, from this position of, you know, I am powerful. And so I just I just want to encourage our listeners, especially if you're a woman or identify as a woman, and that that language around mm-hmm. being bossy is different than just being direct and saying, you know, meaning what you say, saying what you mean. And 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 being succinct on that is is not no, being bossy.
1: No. Um, and I can't, you know, I, yeah. So there, there's yeah, most way. definitely. And I think that you know, to to this person who who sent in this question, this is a fab opportunity for her to grow as a person. This is a this is quite a challenge to navigate this one. And I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be plugging my book here, but I highly recommend. That, um, that she and others read How Kind People Get Tough because it's absolutely packed full yes. of communication skills and phrases and quick wins and case studies of all of this sort of thing, like work at home, different relationships, spouses, family, you know, various different situations. Um, but this is a, a, just a fantastic opportunity because this, this lady whether she goes on in life to run her own business or she works in other, you know, other jobs in the future, she can say, this was a challenge I had and this is what I learned and this is how I navigated it. And that's amazing, Alexis. This is a fantastic, fantastic opportunity to grow as a person. Just about doing the work now. Yeah. And also, yeah. And also helping other women
0: with that as well. When you or a woman in, in a leadership role, Grooming and mentoring and teaching other women. This is what a healthy, emotionally yeah. aware leader. This is this is the way that this um, is embodied. This is the way that we speak. This is the way that we have empathy and kindness while also yeah. being firm and direct. And it doesn't have to have this overarching narrative of you know you're bossy or you're you know you're a, the mm. B word or you know like there's there's all these different things. in, in a corporate work setting. That I have been told, that I know friends of mine have been told, because we were just, you know, doing our jobs and being direct, there was this underlying notation. So I'm really excited for this person, and I think that uh, we definitely dove into yeah. a lot of different topics here. So there's a lot to unpack. Um, I just have one more question because I know that we're running out of time. Um and we have more questions. We haven't been able to get to all of them. Um, but I love these audience questions because I like how specific they are. And uh, I just, I think that they can help so many different people. So my last question for you, Marlene, um, from a member of the Deeper Life community is how do I gain respect when I'm a yes person? I find that people are consistently taking yeah. advantage yeah. of me.
1: I think that, um, this is what we call people pleasing, isn't it? It's that, that word that we all relate to, uh, you know, many of my clients uh, come to me because they have issues with people pleasing. And I think the majority of us do to a certain extent in some way in our lives, um, or have done, um, how do I gain respect if I'm a, a yes person or a people pleaser? Well, I think the first thing to do is to um, ask yourself, what do I get from saying yes? What what am I getting from this? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like when I asked you earlier, Alexis, what is what what you know? What's the payoff? What is it? Because I wouldn't. You don't keep saying yes if There isn't a part for you. I kind of say, what's the buzz? Because there's often a little buzz that says, oh, oh, this person will like me and I'll be loved and I'll be wanted and I'll be. And, you know, so often or we've all done it at some point. Some people do it more than others. But there's a, you know, where did I learn that? Was it in childhood I learned that if I was very good and I always said yes and never said no and I was there for everybody all the time, then they would accept me and love me and not reject me. And that does work in childhood, but it doesn't work when we grow up. Because people, what we're doing is we're passing that message on again, back to the messages, that this is, you can walk all over me, you can disregard me, you can take me for granted, and I won't mind. I'll always say yes. So what is the buzz I get from saying that yes? And is it really valid today? And actually probably isn't. The next thing is to think, well, when I say yes to somebody else, I'm saying no to me. Am I respecting myself? Yeah. Because to get respect from other people, we have to start by respecting ourselves. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about providing that own validation. The more you, you know, have this 90, 10% thing I say, you know, do we want to expect 90% validation from everybody else and give ourselves 10% or do we want to expect 10% validation from everybody else and give ourselves 90%. And, you know, okay, you could just sort of start tipping the scales towards that percentage. It doesn't matter, you don't have to jump to 90. But, you know, the more we respect ourselves, the less likely we are to expect that validation from others and therefore we're going to earn their respect.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really good. Thank you for that. I, the affirmation and and respecting ourselves, that's something that I have spent a lot of time in therapy (laughs) uh, working on and I can, I feel like I'm at a place where I can deeply love and connect with the people in my life without necessarily needing them to approve of me. And that is a really hard, special place to get to. And I'm not perfect at this. I definitely have my days. But um, I, I've arrived at this place, and I hope I stay here for a really long time, of just recognizing that I don't need anyone else's approval of me. If I don't like and approve and respect myself, then yeah. like, who am I? You know, and And am I – Operating from this scarcity mode of I don't have enough, I'm not enough, I can't give enough, so let yeah. me try to earn it. Let me try yeah. to earn someone else's love, earn someone's approval, earn my own approval by doing, quote unquote, mm-hmm. all the right things by being a good person um, instead of questioning you know who, who are we and what do we actually want. Um, that can be, yeah, that yeah. can be really
1: powerful. And just, Thank you. just to finish really that, you know, for the, for this person who sent this of question course. I think it's so easy to say, oh, well, you know, just stop expecting validation from others and everything will be fine. But how do they do that? You know, it, so it's about small baby steps. It's about noticing when you're putting yourself down, noticing when you're criticizing yourself, going into therapy, you know, doing some personal development work on how you speak to yourself. Because every time you say something that validates yourself, you have less of a need to get that from somebody else. And so you get more respect from people. So mm-hmm. even tiny little things, tiny, tiny little things, it's all building towards that.
0: Yeah. This is such a great episode. I, I've i learned a lot about how Respect is so connected to boundaries and assertiveness and love and kindness. I think it's something that I only thought mm-hmm. of when I didn't have it, when I felt disrespected. I, you know, It was very prominent, it was very present, but I didn't see how it was so connected to advocating for myself, advocating for other people. And this idea of gaining respect, but also recognizing that we start at this baseline, where we all treat each other with with respect and kindness and understanding and recognizing mm-hmm. the humanity in each person and the respect that comes along with that is so powerful marlene i'm so thankful for this conversation i think it's mm-hmm. very timely as so much of our world is is very divided and very divisive and and um just not respecting each other not ex- uh, respecting. Each other's yeah. human experiences and what makes someone who they are. So I'm just so appreciative of you and your voice. And I would love for you to share, you, you know, you mentioned a couple of those power phrases, which I am going to take notes on and use in my everyday life. Um, and those were just two of the 52. So I'd love for you to share. Um, those power phrases where people can can get those along with a sure, few other Sure, absolutely. That you might yeah, want to I,
1: I put the power phrases together because when clients come in and we work on stuff, they put them on the whiteboard, and then they take a photo with their phone. And they say, "Oh, great, I've got these now, and I'll know when something comes up. I'll have something ready to, you know, to cut through all the emotions, and I'll I'll have something rehearsed, and that'll help." You know, to calm the situation. So yeah, um, just you just go to fifty two the number five two 52 powerphrases and you can get the, get them there. And um, of course, I have my latest book, "How Kind People Get Tough," and uh, my website. And I know you'll put those links on the show notes, won't you?
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'll have all of those linked up in the show notes for easy access and just highly recommend following Marlene on social media. She shares a lot of really great quotes as well. So I'll make sure to include her her Instagram um, username in the show notes too, because I know you've been really active on there and would just highly encourage connecting with Marlene, reading her books. Like I'm, I've it's only been three months of us working together and and you being the resident therapist on the podcast. And I've already learned so much from you. And and honestly, like you're one of the reasons why I want to go back to school. It's interesting how uh, people are put in our lives in the way that they are. Um, and and just the, like you've inspired me to want to learn more. And I'm just so thankful for you. And I'm
1: thankful for you too, Alexis, and the Deeper Life community.